Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And Tom Petty on Rock 102. It's going to be cloudy this morning, but it's going to clear later this afternoon. You get a high of 44 for tonight. Partly cloudy and a chance of freezing rain sometime around midnight. Low of 29 for tomorrow. Cloudy, rainy, but a lot warmer. High of 59. 29 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Man, what a show. Actor, uh, writer, director, Cal Penn will be uh, joining us a little bit later on this morning. That'll be pretty interesting. He's got a brand new book and a new pilot he's working on, which kind of mirrors the stuff that's going on in his his own personal life. So we'll get to that later on today. And there's other stuff, too. It's 535 and Rock 102. If New England's starting quarterback throws a touchdown... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 550. And uh, Derek and the Dominoes on Rock 102. Cloudy today with a high of 44. Tomorrow, rain showers with a high of 60. It is 32 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump. Do it once. Do it right. Aqua Pump. How about some Hollywood Trash with Steve Nagel of Rock 102? Uh, Twitter released its year-end data yesterday. President Biden had the most liked tweet of the year from his inauguration day way back on January 20th. He said, quote, it's a new day in America. It had 4 million likes. Of course, he also thought it was 1963, too, so I don't know, uh, you know. Of course, uh, you know, quite a difference 11 and a half months make, too. That is true. The uh, five most tweeted about movies this year were Black Panther, Godzilla vs. Kong, Zack Snyder's Justice League, The Suicide Squad, and Spider-Man No Way Home. The most tweeted TV shows were Squid Game, WandaVision, Sesame Street, SNL, and Game of Thrones. The and most. I think Squid Game was the only one I, I uh, actually watched. Uh, yeah, I don't think I watched uh, any of the. Well, SNL, I was watching. Yeah, it's. it's I feel like that show's kind of passed me by. You know, everybody says that at every generation, yet it continues to stay on the air. And then all of a sudden, like ten years later, they're like, "Remember that bit back in uh, twenty twenty one?" And then like people start referencing how great the uh, skit was, even though the show wasn't even that funny to begin with. Why is that? I don't know uh, why that is. You know, there are some skits that may uh, may be elevated in social media, but when you're watching it live, I can watch. I can go through an entire show without even so much as a smirk. First half hour, that was about it. Right up to the first music act, and that was the end of it. That's the end of it. Everything yeah. after that is all fluff. The most uh, tweeted about celebrities were LeBron James, Drake, Kanye West, Tom Brady, and Lil Nas X. Yeah, I was tweeting about them all the time. Weren't you? No, actually, I don't think I was. Uh, Time announced Simone Biles as Athlete of the Year and Olivia Rodrigo as the Entertainer of the Year. They'll be announcing Person of the Year and Heroes of the Year on Monday on their YouTube channel at 7.30 a.m. Eastern. So tune in. I can live with uh, Simone Biles. I mean, that's... uh, I can see that. Sure. Uh, Jussie Smollett was found guilty on five of six counts of making false police report. Each count could land him up to three years in prison and a $25,000 fine. He will ap- appeal his conviction, but he's most likely going to get community service. Well, what do we learn here? What what have we learned uh, about this? Maybe uh, don't lie about stuff? Don't make stuff up? Well, he's got twenty-five grand, i am sure, that he could just fork over. I don't know, Steve. He hasn't worked since this whole thing started. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Will Wheaton took aim at Dave Chappelle for his comments about trans people. Quote, for a transgender person, those jokes normalize hateful, ignorant, bigoted behavior towards them. 
So take that, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, Will Wheaton is after you. The uh, most expensive movie for each decade includes uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides in the 2010s for $378 million, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End in the 2000s for $300 million, and Titanic in the 90s for $200 million. Yeah, but they all made their money, though, didn't they? Didn't yeah. the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, you know, break even at least? Uh, dude, they got a whole thing down at Disney World yeah. uh, re- uh, revolving around this whole thing. I mean, when you're when you're dumping money on things like Heaven's Gate or the first Dune movie, yeah, and you lose your shirt, yeah, that's something to say. Huh? How that? How they not know that was going to be a bomb? Wait, Heaven's Gate was a movie? Yes, it was terrible. Was it about the the people on the spaceship or trying to go on the spaceship and killing no, themselves? No, not the Heaven's Gate cult. It was a long and filthy, dirty movie with not even a dirty movie. It just looked like nobody washed themselves with Chris Christopherson back in the. Late 70s. Terrible. Uh, Samantha's absence was explained last night on the premiere of Sex and the City Revival, and just like that, there was also a huge plot twist involving a major character. Samantha is not dead, but the show did kind of did a hatchet job on her. What we find out is that Carrie didn't need her as a publicist anymore, so she let her go. Well, Samantha didn't like that, so she cut all three of them. Cut off all three of them. I see. Not cut all three of them. Well, that, uh, that clarifies all my big questions. Carrie says, uh, quote, she fired me as a friend. I kept leaving her voicemails, asking her to call me back so we could talk about this and fix it. Look, I understand that she was upset, but I thought I was way more th- uh, to her than an ATM. And Miranda says, quote, it's kind of like she's dead. We never even talk about her. Boy, that sounds uh, so much like what's actually going on in real life with them. Yeah. Oh, here's a spoiler alert. The first episode yeah. starts with Carrie and Mr. Big still happily married. Oh, Jesus, you ruined the whole damn thing. And well, ends with him dead from a heart attack. Well, that's it. I'm not watching. <laughs> no, seriously. Does, does he die in the end? He does, apparently. Really? Apparently he dies of a heart attack. Well, I'm just reading what they wrote on the thing. I'm just... Damn it, Steve. Why must you ruin all the good... Why must you ruin everything I want to watch? Yeah, I know, because you were uh, going to watch that whole Sex in the City thing, weren't you? Of course I was. A uh, California law firm estimated that Homer Simpson should have amassed $143 million in legal bills from all the injuries he suffered over the last three decades on the symptoms. Are Simpsons. His most expensive injury was brain damage, which should have cost him more than $1.5 million. Okay. People are aware that he's a cartoon, right? Yeah, but they like to see how much it would cost. They did this with their house a few months ago. They're talking about how much their house would be worth right now. I, I have never seen John Heyman on a commercial say, are you an animated cartoon who been yeah. hurt in an accident? Maybe I can help. Yeah. If you fall down off a roof, I'll pick you up. An animated roof. Right. One that was painted by artists far, far away. Correct. If you've been hurt in any of those animated accidents, let me be the first to pick you up. Uh, Motley Crue bassist Nikki Six gave Vince Neil his praises when he said Vince has something that nobody else has. He didn't elaborate on what that was. He also compared Vince's syphilis. Uh, could be. He I'm also, guessing syphilis. He also compared Vince's voice to a Gatling gun. Have you have you heard uh, Vince try to warble through a song lately? Well, he's. Uh, Age is catching up with him. Oh, my God. Age, weight, and inability to breathe. A lot of things are catching up with Vince Neil. 
Uh, Jimmy Buffett's brand is expanding from hotels, restaurants, and appliances to now include a cruise line. The whole experience is called Margaritaville at Sea, and the ship is named Margaritaville Paradise. This is something you definitely want to go on <sighs> next. Uh, is there any way we can just getaway. stop all this? Jimmy said, quote, uh, to me, the only thing better than being on a beach by the ocean is to be on the ocean. Now you can follow in our wake. Ooh, and, you see what he said. And the only thing better than that is cashing all of these checks. It's setting sail for the first time at the end of April out of uh, Port in Palm Beach, Florida, and heading to the Bahamas. It'll be a two-night, three-day trip. That's like already one full full day too much. That's a lot of come Mondays. I guess that's one way of putting it. That's my favorite song, by the way. I have no favorite songs by him. You don't have any favorite songs by Jimmy Buffett? How None. could you not have any songs by Jimmy favorite songs by I, Jimmy Buffett? I loathe Jimmy Buffett. I'm starting to question this relationship. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Ah oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Julian Jackma, assistant wine manager at the flagship table in Vine. Our vineyard select And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Blow with the king of snow. Get an errands at Rocky's. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, as any overly competitive, highly compulsive person will tell you, there's nothing worse than losing. For some, the very thought of losing a game is almost worse than getting hit square right in the face. I don't particularly care for those kinds of people, but that's mostly because I lack the drive and competitive spirit to become one of them. These are the sort of men and women who ignore all of their previous achievements whenever their ruthless ambitions to dominate become tested, whereas I am more than willing to rest on my laurels and bask in the afterglow of stuff that happened years ago. This is why I probably have nothing in common with UConn women's head basketball coach Gino Ariyama. Last night, the third-ranked UConn Huskies lost to unranked Georgia Tech by a score of 57-44. to the game was not only UConn's lowest scoring game in 14 years, the loss also represented the Huskies' first loss to an unranked opponent in 239 games. In other words, they haven't been beaten by an unranked team in nine years. And because Gino Ariyama is a highly competitive fella, he's not taking this very well. According to Gino, after the game, he said, quote, We're a disorganized group right now, from the coaching on down. And when if asked if the Huskies were ready to face UCLA this weekend, Gino continued to kick the dented can down the road by saying, I don't think it's going to get fixed. I really don't. I've been doing this a long time. Coaches are supposed to be eternal optimists. I'm too old to be an optimist. Okay there, big fella. How about you settle the hell down? First of all, it's one loss after 239 consecutive wins against unranked teams. You're still ranked number three in the country. It's your first loss of the season. Saying that the wheels are coming off or like calling in a hospice nurse because you have a hangnail. You also have a team full of women who have all lost basketball games during their young lifetimes. And guess what? They're all still playing the third ranked team in the country because they didn't let losing a single game ruin their lives. This guy sounds like he's ready to throw in a towel at a time where they probably need him to cut the crap and get busy already. But hey, never my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Would you pick up an impact reel or a driver set from some for somebody else? Probably not. But if you hand him a Rocky's gift card and say, here, go to Rocky's Ace Hardware and get exactly what you want. Wow, you are a thoughtful big Santa. Big power tool sale going on right now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. 
Rock 102, Springfield's Classic. Classic Rock at 613 in Aerosmith on Rock 102. Going to be mostly cloudy today with a high of 44. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 60. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. Actor Cal Penn will be joining us later on today. Boy, I like him. I know you like him. You're a big fan. He's got a brand new book out called You Can't Be Serious, and he's working on a new pilot. Which uh, it hadn't pick, been uh, picked up yet. That's what mm-hmm. uh, that's what you do with a pilot. You put a show together, and you hope that somebody picks it up, and then uh, you know maybe just maybe you get to make it into an actual series, which is going to be pretty cool. Yeah, no, it will be uh, yeah. cool if it happens. But uh, so we'll talk to Cal Penn later on this morning about all of that. Hey, uh, not to delve too much into your personal life, but uh, I would say divorce is pretty expensive, isn't it? Uh, it it ain't, can be. It ain't cheap, and you know why? Why it's so uh, so expensive? Why? Because it's worth every penny. They oh, tell you. Yeah, That's yeah, what they yeah, tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, the well, fact that it leaves you empty and sad for a while is a is a small price to pay. Reading the story about this couple uh, from San Diego named Brittany and Wyland Zabo. They got married in 2011 when they were in their early 20s, and unfortunately, they decided to get divorced back in 2019. Okay. They both had issues with alcohol and relapsed, so that was part of what prompted the divorce. But they were also going through some other stuff. And for a while, they only communicated through lawyers. But Brittany ended up going back to rehab, and and they're both sober again. She hasn't had a drink for almost two years. Well, good for her. Good for her. Meanwhile, they started seeing a therapist to help them co-parent. They have three children together. And while that was going on, they reconnected, figured things out, and decided, you know what? We don't need to get divorced. So they stayed together. Reconciliation. No kidding. They're back together now, and they say they've never been happier. But here's the rough part. Even though they never finalized their divorce, they still owe their lawyers about $100,000. So it put them in some pretty serious debt. They, uh, they, don't, they say they don't regret anything because it eventually led them back to each other. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. Listen, if you've, uh, and I have to tell you, uh, a lawyer will charge you uh, almost 20 minutes of his time mm-hmm. just to send you an email mm-hmm. to tell you, uh, here's your invoice. Yeah. That invoice email attached. Yeah. You get charged for that too. Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Listen. I'm not. Uh, not complaining about the guy I had. He did a fine job. But uh, yeah, it all. It, it all adds up to a massive expense. And they feel like there's nothing their relationship can't survive now, except maybe bankruptcy. You know, I, I don't the know. loss of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, I don't know. Maybe thousand dollars, and you didn't even go through with it. You know, I uh, I knew some people who got married years ago. Yeah. And uh, they spent like $60,000 on their wedding. It was like one of those crazy, crazy, all-out, you know, horse-drawn right. carriage kind of bullcrap. And, and my guess is the two of them kind of behaved like idiots, yeah. jerks right before all that because there was so uh, much going on. Well, they shouldn't have been together to begin with. And then, uh, then they eventually got divorced like four years later. Yeah. It's been, uh, like, I don't know, over 10 years now, and they're still paying on the loan for the wedding. Yeah, see, that's kind of the thing. Uh, you ever watch, uh, I don't know if you ever watch it, maybe your girls watch it, uh, Say Yes to the Dress? Uh, I've seen the show. You've yeah. seen the show. Mm-hmm. And you ever seen, like, uh, the show uh, Bridezilla's? Yes. Okay, so it's basically, it's the same kind of thing. You occasionally have somebody, uh, you'll go on, like, uh, Say Yes to the Dress, and, and they've got a very specific budget. And it's not going over, say, like two grand for the dress. And then there are some people that will say, I have no budget at all, and I don't care what I spend for yeah. the one day of my life that I look beautiful. And then they come out with like a, a, a dress that's like, 
$80,000, dollars $90,000. And I'm thinking, all right, so there's a $90,000 dress. You're probably charging everybody $30 to $40 per plate for food. And then all of a sudden, you've got a, a banquet hall that you've got to rent out, yeah. plus all the other vendors. At the end of the day, you're spending all of this money for a party that will put you in debt for years to come. A quarter of a million dollar party. But to, between the dress and the food and everything else, yeah, the open bar, yeah. No, we didn't. Uh, we didn't. We didn't overspend on on our wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we uh, we we held it pretty close. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it didn't go. It didn't go overboard. I didn't either. We had a uh, we had a pig roast, which was probably the best idea. We spent about eight thousand dollars total, right? Between because it does. I mean, you know, you you obviously want things to flow well. It's not like you, you know, you're inviting everybody over for a potluck. You kind of want to have a little bit of class to it. So, yeah. uh, you know, we had people server, we had servers and a bartender, and you know, yeah. all those people making sure that uh, nobody got overserved and all that other good stuff because you can't trust people anymore. No, I know that's the truth. Um, but uh, yeah, it, co- it roughly cost about eight thousand dollars, and that was thirteen years ago. Yeah, so. so- so Jenny and I will be married for three years in February, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we got a great deal on the room. Uh, it was at the Lord Jeff and Amherst. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, now uh, the the Boltwood Inn because uh, you know the smallpox blanket inn. Yeah, because yeah. uh, they were no longer doing the smallpox right. blanket. And although I asked if I could get a cut on the rate if I allowed the smallpox blankets in, the, no, huh? in the block of rooms. Anyway, uh, we, it was off season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, February was like uh, their off season. They uh, they were looking to fill the room. They gave us a great deal. Yeah. Plus, we got a open- nobody wants to get married on Valentine's Day weekend except idiots. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't Valentine's Day. It was the sixteenth. I but mean, it was it just, still the weekend. Yeah, but but again, it was also about saving money. Right. If you didn't want to go because you were celebrating Valentine's Day, well, that's up to you. We would have understood. It would have been fine. It's one less mouth we would have had to feed. But uh, we got a deal. And that and that was the whole premise of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, when can we do it, and when can we do it the most cost effectively? Yeah, many of the weddings that I do anywhere from January to if I do any weddings from January to let's say beginning of April, yeah, those are usually the discount ones. Those are the ones that that they've gotten the deal on the on the thing, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. I mean, you know what? Uh, if you got better ways to spend your money, you could take some of that money and maybe put a down payment on a house or. Maybe buy a new uh, family truckster. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. See, when we got see, so when we were planning, you know, we were under the impression that it was going to be like a cash bar. Maybe mm-hmm. like bottles of wine on the table. Yeah. And then we uh, we went back and we realized that uh, that was not the case. That they were the the price that we had in mind was the price that we got. They were very fair about it. But yeah. then they said uh, that will be a you know dinner plus open bar. Damn. And we're like. Is that going to cost us extra? Nope. That's this is the price we settled on, and, and we're like, shut up. And uh, they threw smallpox in for free. Yes, which I had no pr- with all that free booze. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, a little. What's a little smallpox amongst people? No one's going to care about that when they've been, been uh, got a belly full of shots. Yeah, it's just a little smallpox, not just, a lot. Yeah, of not a lot of smallpox. You probably get like one pox and you're done. But uh, you know, hundred thousand dollars to get divorced, that probably cost three times of what their wedding cost. Oh no! It it's definitely more yeah. expensive to end it than it is to start it, which is weird. You think it would be a lot cheaper to to get rid of it than it would be to get well. It going. I mean, listen, I don't I don't recommend going through the process because frankly, it's awful. Um, you know, of getting a divorce. It's it, there's nothing 
There's nothing uh, fun it's, about uh, that process that, at all. I don't understand that. The people who uh, do this like three and four times, uh, you know, like, all right, once, <laughs> I get it. Yes. Twice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't ever do that again after number two. Well, I mean, uh, I understand. I understand that. I'm, I just, I'm that. just saying, from a financial standpoint, what are you thinking? Like, uh, I wouldn't want to get into a lot of uh, uh, to give away a, a third half of everything mm-hmm. I own, and then have an expensive wedding on top of that. And then, uh, but to give away your half of your third the next time. Yeah, I mean, there's only there's only so much of nothing that can go around. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, but. That's what love is all about, Steve. Is it's about it really? spending gobs of money. It's about not spending money. Well, That's what love is really all about. <laughs> it's tr- about trying together to find ways of avoiding spending a lot of money, but yet spending a lot of money to save a lot of money. And uh, and there you go. It's uh, it's 622 at Rock 102. Slash COVID vaccine FAQ. It's 625 with Bax and Steve and Rock 102. Going to be uh, cloudy today with a high of 44 tomorrow. Uh, mostly cloudy and rain showers with a high of 60. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. You see this in the news yesterday that uh, there, there's going to be a new restaurant in Longmeadow? No. You know uh, where Rinaldi's used to be? No. Where is that? In Longmeadow? No, I Route, have no idea. Route 5? Business only been around like forty-one years. Yeah, uh, I don't know where it what where closed up shop right there on Route Five. Where uh, on Route Five? There's Route Five is like a three mile stretch. Well, you know where the CVS is on Route Five? Yes. All right, you know like the, there's a bagel shop on one side. Yeah. And then the uh, a closed up restaurant where you could vaguely read the sign that says Rinaldi's on it. Okay. Well, I didn't know that that's where Rinaldi's was. That's when you say, oh, it's on Route Five. Well, Route Five is about a three mile stretch from uh, Springfield to Enfield. Well, it's a uh, an iconic restaurant. It was there for 41 years, shutting down in 2018. I've never heard of it, and I've never been there. Oh, man, it was good pizza. Good pizza. was. It was very good pizza, and yeah. uh, and Robert, who owned it, decided, you know what? I've had just about enough making good quality food here for all these years, and he uh, he winds up you know, shutting it down and retiring. Good for him, by the way. Uh-huh. Well, apparently there is a new, a, a new barbecue and steakhouse going in there. Oh. Fletcher's Barbecue Shop and Steakhouse. Apparently it's a... Brooklyn-based uh, restaurant, and it's coming along middle. Brooklyn-based. Brooklyn, where you know it's uh, some of the finest barbecue in America. It's made right there in in Brooklyn. That sounds pretty damn good. You know what? I'm excited. I think it's it's good. I mean, no one wants to see an empty building in uh, in in Long Meadow. No one wants to see a a space that provide uh, thousands of meals, making people all over Long Meadow super duper happy. And now you have a new place going in. I say fantastic news. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad Longmeadow is finally, uh, you know, hitting the renaissance period. You know what? They, at, this is the kind of thing where I say, you know what? Yeah. Finally. Finally, Longmeadow will be able to pull itself yeah. out of all of that poverty. and <laughs> yeah. Finally, and another all... business to tax. Oh, that that's we can it. Make sure these kids go to this fancy high school with the gold railings. Finally be able to afford some of their, their services uh, again in Longmeadow. It's a glorious day. Hey, let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. What did the cookie say during sex? I don't know, Steve. What did the cookie say during sex? Watch out. I'm going to crumb. Ah, yeah. <laughs> 
understand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a little frosted cookie is what I'm talking about. Booyah! Baxson. 32 with Baxson O'Brien and Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Villa Napolitana. Celebrate the holidays of Villa Napolitana. Open Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. Springfield firefighters were called to a high-rise apartment building on Stafford Street earlier this morning due to a kitchen fire. The fire happened at around 1 a.m. at Linden Towers, a senior housing complex near Mercy Medical Center. Springfield Fire Captain Drew Piemonte said the kitchen fire was extinguished by the building's sprinkler system and no one was injured in the fire, and that's all the details that we have. This is a, an elderly housing complex? Yeah. Don't most elderly eat their dinner like around 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Well, uh, maybe somebody left the toaster oven on. This is a, a, a toaster, maybe a, a, like a crock pot? You know, maybe it was like a low, it's like a slow cooking meal. I remember coming home one time, uh, you know, uh, to to my parents' house. It was clearly after a night of uh, heavy drinking by my dad, uh, and walking in one the of those home, unusual nights. Walking in the home at about midnight and smelling natural gas everywhere in the house, mm-hmm. uh, and it turned out uh, my dad had stumbled and hit the hit the the knob. On the gas, sure, just enough, not to light it, but just to let it leak throughout the house and perhaps kill everybody that was in there. Sure, uh, but that didn't happen because it was leaking slow enough. Ah, yes, where I could open up a window and uh, air it out. Very so, quickly. so you were the one that opened the window. Yeah, but so I you, bet you, so you me- saved your family's life. Well, I saved my dad's life. He was the only one home. Oh, and, sure. Uh, you know, that would have been a hell of a way to go. This is the. Uh- this is the germination of your uh, your hero- heroism that uh, has followed you ever since. Yeah. Between uh, breaking yeah. up terror cells at a Cumberland Farms, and uh, this is where it all starts. This is where it all begins. Uh, but uh, a, an apartment complex, all the sprinklers going off up there on the floor. You know, everybody else in that apartment complex oh, is man. so pissed off. That's got to suck. How could you do this? Well, uh, you know... Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to leave the grease fire going since 3 in the afternoon. I mean, we're elderly people in this building. Dinner ends at 4.15. A uh, teenager was struck and killed after a crash uh, involving a school bus in the area of State and Dwight Streets Wednesday afternoon. According to the Springfield Police Department spokesman Ryan Walsh, a 16-year-old child died from her injuries at Bay State Medical Center. At around 2.45 p.m., officers were called to a crash involving a school bus and a pedestrian at State and Dwight Streets. State Street was closed from Chestnut to Maine and on Dwight Street from Bruce Landon Way to Maple Street for several hours while the Springfield police investigated. There have been three deadly crashes in the last two months on State Street. It is one of the main streets going uh, east to west through the city, connecting downtown to uh, with Mason Square, in case you didn't know which State Street went. I'm aware of where, uh, where yeah. it goes and People, where it ends. People who live in the area, uh, near the area of the uh, latest pedestrian crash say speeding and distracted driving are the biggest problem. To slow drivers down, Springfield P- DPW plans to install a raised crosswalk near the library and narrow the road to one lane in each direction. Of course, that's not really near where this accident happened. I mean, no. it is a couple of blocks, but... Yeah, but but if you if you look at the length... Of uh, of State Street, like you know where like uh, like where Boston Road ends and kind of State Street picks up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a pretty <laughs> it's a pretty long straightaway. Yeah, it, is. it is very long. And if you can hit the lights, you could pick up a lot of speed. And so I, I can understand wanting to do whatever you can to slow the 
driving culture down on State Street to have you know maybe protect everybody all the way down. Because in that in you know in that particular, uh, you know, they've already talked about trying to address that particular uh, intersection or that particular part of State Street, you know, by the library, because they like you said they've had a, a significant number of problems. Right. But you know you're always going to have people that are going to be driving you know way too fast for the amount of congestion that's already on that street, and it's not just you know other cars, but there's a lot of people walking around on State Street. Yeah, and there's a lot of people speeding up and down it, State yeah, Street. I'm telling you, it's it's there's there's certain areas of town where I understand your know, speed limits are the way they are, but people don't always necessarily care, <laughs> and they just gun it because there's a light they got to beat. Massachusetts State Police and Warren Police have suspended their search for a suspect in the West Warren area Thursday night. Uh, Mass State Police uh, said that they attempted to stop a driver for a traffic violation on Main Street in West Warren. On Thursday night, the uh, vehicle stopped, but then the suspect uh, fled the area on foot. Warren police said the suspect was in the area of Main Street and South Street. Residents were urged to lock their doors Thursday night. However, police say there is no longer a threat to the public. Well, how do they know that if he hasn't been caught? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. Police say the suspect may have been armed. He is described as a light-skinned black man, approximately 6 feet tall, 200 pounds, and has a light mustache and is wearing black Adidas sweatshirt with white stripes. State police said the canine units were in the area searching for the suspect, and they will continue to investigate the incident. Okay, but again, you don't have anybody in custody. How do you know everything's safe? Huh? Yeah, you know what? You bring up a very good point. Until that guy is caught, anyone's completely 100% safe. A uh, Wilbraham man was arrested Wednesday night in Ludlow for uh, resisting arrest and operating under the influence of drugs. According to Ludlow Police Lieutenant Michael Brennan, officers were caught, notified of a red Mercedes-Benz driving erratically in the area of Center Street around 11.11 p.m. Ooh, make a wish. <laughs> Isn't that the uh, the time I, of the day when I, you, you grab a drink? I wish I cannot get pulled over by the police. That didn't work. Yeah, a witness, no, a witness told police they saw the suspect's vehicle all over the road and also said to police he's going to kill someone with the way they were driving. Officers located the vehicle on Chapin Street and could see the driver was unable to stay inside the lanes of travel, nearly striking the right curb and at one point swerving left over the center yellow line completely into the opposite lane of traffic. A traffic stop was conducted on the uh, vehicle near Sportsman Road. The driver was identified as 52-year-old Robert Matthews of Wilbraham. Officers saw Matthews moving suspiciously in the driver's seat near the center console. The officer says he saw Matthew allegedly scatter a white powdery substance from the center console area. Like from a powdered donut or something? Or no, uh, like a was, pixie stick? It was cocaine. Ah, yes. Uh, a Smith & Wesson 380 handgun that was loaded and unholstered uh, tucked in Matthew's waistband was also discovered. Police attempted to place Matthews in handcuffs, but he showed muscular resistance by pulling his left arm forward. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Oh, you got your guns? I got mine too, bitches. Boom, boom. Let me just take a, take a, uh, take a sniff of this sweet sugar off my dashboard, and then I'll be able to fight you. You know, um, not for nothing here, and this is probably the, the least important part of the entire story, but that's what I tend to focus on. Mm -hmm. um, you're driving erratically between Ludlow and Wilmerham in a red Mercedes Benz. Now... A Mercedes Benz is a very nice car. I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no knocking that at all. But if you were to damage that red Mercedes Benz while you're doing, you know, you know, rails of coke off the dashboard, mm -hmm. 
What do you think it's going to cost you to fix that red Mercedes-Benz? More or less than your bail? Probably more than the bail. More than the bail. That's yeah. why I say if you must do rails of coke, don't get in the car. I mean, let's just be responsible let here. Me, let me just do some of this Bolivian marching powder and I'll be on my way. You know what? Whatever happened to the good old days where you're... Well, you just uh, you stay at home and break out the eight ball. What happened to those days? Yeah, where you can sit back and enjoy your California cream cheese right in your own living room. That's it. Or you do a, a line of blow off uh, off uh, the vinyl version of Hotel California, right there off the turntable. See, that would be uh, yeah. I'm getting the Devil's Dandruff ready off my Eagles album. <laughs> See, that takes us all back to a simpler time. That's Rather it. than, you know, hit the road, start doing lines on the dashboard or on the center console, and then going for a quick drive. Uh, well, speaking of uh, cocaine, there seems to be a, a, a cocaine thing going on in Wilbraham. I don't know what's, uh, what that's all about. You got that guy who was arrested in Ludlow right. from Wilbraham. And then uh, Wolverham police uh, observed the vehicle traveling 66 miles per hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone on Boston Road on November 28th at 1.25 a.m. This is the police blotter that they give you the rundown with after the month's over. When the officer pulled the vehicle over near Post Office Park, an open container of alcohol was spotted in the center console, as well as a white powdery substance around the operator's mouth and nose. What were you doing? See now, for me, that probably would have been a powdered donut. That, yeah, that, that would have been, or like a, some uh, Dunkin' Munchkins, because those are delicious any time of day. And I'm just saying that that would that's probably what it would be for me. But uh, for a guy driving a you know a luxury vehicle mm-hmm. in w- between Wilbraham and Ludlow, I see nothing but problems. A uh, ro- uh, test to determined that the driver, 42-year-old Omari Cadiz Torres of Indian Orchard, was driving under the influence of alcohol. An inventory of the vehicle found a quantity of cocaine and oxycodone. Torres was charged with OUI second offense, negligent operation, open container of alcohol, possession of a Class B substance, and possession of oxycodone, and possession of drug paraphernalia. Man, there's some really good stuff going on at Wolverham. No kidding. Uh, at around 1.46 a.m. Thanksgiving morning, an officer observed a vehicle traveling east on Boston Road operating erratically. The driver was stopped on Three Rivers Road near Chilson Road. The officer determined 31-year-old Victoria Shevlock of Palmer was operating under the influence of alcohol. Shevlock was charged with OUI and failing to stop uh, at a stop sign. Man, lots of OUI uh, things going on there. I'm telling you. Uh, let's see. Uh, a vehicle was stopped on Boston Road. Uh, the driver, uh, on November 29th at 2.39 a.m., the driver, Gladys Henry of Roxbury, was arrested for being a fugitive from justice. Wolverham's got like the there's like a hub of crime going on there. No kidding. I don't. I mean, I live so close to the Wilbraham line. I'm starting to really worry about how they're affecting my property values. Uh, on November 30th at around 1:35 p.m., Wilbraham police stopped a car near the Cumberland Farms on Boston Road and arrested 45-year-old Brian Santos of Palmer for an outstanding arrest warrant. Now, was it the Cumberland Farms or the police station? Because the two look exactly alike. Do they really? I haven't seen the new police station. It looks like a Cumberland Farms. The police station looks like a Cumberland Farms? Yeah, like farm? a really nice Cumberland Farms. Well, maybe but it is a Cumberland Farms. I don't think it is. I don't think you can get a like a egg salad sandwich in a, you know, that's been uh, or, you know, wrapped in plastic or anything like that. Lunch for less than $5? Can't get that there? No, I don't I don't think you can. Uh, Although they got a good deal on coffee, I will say that. 
Yeah, in the last month, Wolverham police have been called to eight heroin overdoses, including one where a person died. The p- police department is asking those in need to help contact uh, in need of help to contact the Wolverham Dart team. Yeah, because you know if you want to talk about your problems, you go play darts uh, down at the Daily Pint yeah. uh, on Tuesdays. That's a good. Uh, it's a good way to solve your problems. Part of the Dart League. That's it. Uh, there was a submerged vehicle found in the Congamon Lakes in Southwick yesterday. The Southwick police, along with a towing company, worked to remove a vehicle found in Middle Pond of Congamon Lakes yesterday morning. According to Interstate Towing President Jeremy Procon, uh, tow crews set up off of Brayton Drive with the Southwick police dive team to remove the vehicle that was approximately 115 feet offshore. Jeremy said there is not much known about the vehicle or how it got there. Uh, pretty far in. I can see water. a. I can see a vehicle, you know, maybe going over the edge yeah. and being like, uh, you know, like four or five feet off the shore of Middle Pond, but 115 feet. I mean, that's either some like uh, Dukes of Hazard type of stuff, or yeah. your car could float. Uh, Mario Santanello, a 22 News viewer, sent a screenshot of his fish finder of the vehicle in the lake. He said that uh, he's the one who found the vehicle. So Mario Santanello's out fishing, right? In right? the middle of Kangamon Lakes, and I get my fish finder down there, and I'm like, oh my God, is that a car or a carp? <laughs> Turns out it was a giant car. The cars are really biting that day. Here, check it out. I got my screenshot of my little fish finder thing. Oh, that's a beauty. You know, I'm the only one who found a found a car in this in this pond all day. We should call this a car finder because it's no longer a fish finder. What's the state limit on cars and a with my fishing license? Uh, if it's under one ton, you gotta send it back. Ah, uh, crap. Uh, A 48-year-old Missouri woman has pleaded guilty to living two years as her estranged daughter, who was in her 20s, and embezzling more than $255,000 in Social Security fraud. Was that wrong? Should I have not done that? (laughs) I got to plead ignorance. Was that that a mistake? I I had no idea. Laura Oglesby will spend five years in prison without parole, and as part of her plea agreement, will pay $17,000 to the university as well as restitution to her daughter, Lauren Ashley Hayes, for identity theft. In 2016, Oglesby obtained a Social Security card in the name of her daughter, who was 22 at the time, and got uh, a Missouri driver's license. Uh, The next year, she used the card to enroll at Southwest Baptist University in Missouri, applying for and receiving financial aid to attend. She received $9,400 in federal student loans, $5,900 in Pell Grants, $337 for books she got from the bookstore, and $1,863 in finance charges. During her years as a university student, she paraded herself as a young woman in her 20s with a job at the city library and boyfriends who believed she was 22 years old. Come on. She's actually a pretty good-looking chick, too. Does she look like she's in her 20s? No, she looks like she's in her late 30s. But you're telling a sixth-crazed 22-year-old that I'm 22, I'm going for it. You know, there are some people, it's hard to tell how old they really are. Uh, during her years, uh, yeah, she, uh, everyone believed it. Uh, Chief Jamie Perkins of the Mountain View Police Department said, told the New York Times she even had boyfriends that believed she was th- that age, 22 years old. It was, ironically, thanks to her employment at the library that people were able to track her down. Mountain View Police in August of 2018 had been contacted by Arkansas authorities who said they were searching for a Miss Oglesby who had stolen Hayes' identity in 2017 to commit financial fraud and embezzle over $25,000. 
man, this is really going to hurt the uh, daughter-mother uh, reconciliation <laughs> trip. Your Mother's Day has got to be a little more challenging this Ma- year. Imagine that. You're parading around like a 22-year-old. Now, the daughter's not missing. They're just a, they, It's an estranged relationship, right? Right. So what is the daughter saying about this? Uh, well, the daughter's pretty upset that uh, mom stole her identity, but they don't talk anyway, so it really doesn't matter. But she wants her to pay the restitution that she owes her for the identity theft because she ruined her credit. Yeah. You know, there's probably a pretty good reason why this is an estranged relationship. This might be one of those things and probably not the only thing that mom has done to embarrass this child. No, but uh, again, she looks like hot party mom. Nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be uh, cloudy with a high of 44 tomorrow. Rain showers with a high of 60. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102 is giving you 12 chances to win great prizes in December with the 12... And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Blow with the King of Snow. Get an errands at Rocky's. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? You can imagine being a beloved regional celebrity comes with a stiff price to pay. I can't just go to some dumpy little hell holes or dropping rounds of shots like the rest of you people. I have to be cognizant that some of you are vindictive, spiteful types who would exploit my drunken exploits and post them for public view. Some would call that embarrassing. Law enforcement would call that evidence. And because I have to temper my behavior, I'm not the sort who likes to put that sort of thing to the test. Because unlike some, I might not be as lucky as I'd like to think I am. For example, yesterday Danish professional golfer Thjornborn Olsen was uh, cleared of an alleged sexual assault that occurred in a flight from Nashville to London in 2019. According to the prosecution, Olsen was accused, among other things, grabbing the breast of a female passenger, nuzzling his face into a woman's neck, knocking a flight attendant out of his way, and urinating on a seat in first class. Olsen claims he has no recollection of this behavior because, prior to boarding the flight, he had taken a combination of two glasses of wine, two beers, two vodka drinks, a platter full of airport sushi, and a fistful of Ambien because apparently he has a hard time passing out and getting a good night's sleep. And while he said he regrets his behavior, he has absolutely no recollection of ever of any of it happening. He also claims he would never intentionally do anything to damage his golfing career. Other than play golf, where he is currently ranked at 232nd in the world. And because justice has a funny way of ignoring the stack of evidence against him, including a first-class seat that was drenched with loads of DNA evidence, he has been cleared of the allegations nevertheless. Apparently acting like a jerk in a blackout is no longer a crime if you're too drunk to remember any of it, which I was not aware was an actual legal defense. And yet here we are, ready to seize the day, grab the clubs, and chug down a few more airport cocktails before you make your way to the TSA checkpoint. But hey, never my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, a local animal shelter's pair of pets with people and both are happier for it. Maybe you have a rescued dog or cat. Rocky's Roundup of the Register is a way to donate to keep our local shelters doing what they do. Making people and animals happy together. Roundup of the Register now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102. Springfield's Classic Rock. at 7-Eleven. 
and Van Halen on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, partly cloudy now with a high of 44 today. Tomorrow, cloudy with rain showers throughout the day, high of 60. It is 32 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, you said we were going to be talking to Cal Penn, and at first, uh, you know, the name didn't quite, uh, quite hit me. But as soon as I looked him up, I said, oh, that guy. That he's guy, been in tons of stuff. He's been in a million things. Mm-hmm. Cal Penn was on uh, 24 and uh, designated survivor. Yes, but, but also, uh, but, I think his pivoting role was uh, Van Wild and Van Wilder when he played uh, Abdullah Manadibajad. Yeah, there was that. But yeah. I think most people probably remember him from Harold and Kumar's uh, Go to uh, White Castle. Yeah, and uh, he has written a brand new book called. Uh, you can't be serious, and he's uh, working on a new pilot. And he was a one-time member of the uh, Barack Obama administration. Did you realize that? How about that? Yeah, guy's done a bunch of stuff, and he's on the phone with us right now. It's uh, Cal Penn. Good morning, Cal. How are you? How are you? V- very good. First of all, good, you? We're ter- the two of us are terrific. Yeah, we're we're I'm actually a really big fan of yours, Cal. Uh, and you're also a New Jersey guy. You're from Montclair, New Jersey. Yeah, I, yeah, where are you from? I'm from Denville, but uh, my sister lived in Montclair for the longest time, and uh, that was uh, all the great actors come. Frankie Faison, Andre Brower, uh, all those folks are from Montclair. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? You lived there. I didn't know Andre Brower. So I was I was born in Montclair. I lived closer to Freehold. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. And you, and you went to Howell, right? You, did you exactly, go? Exactly. Yeah. I'm. I'm getting all my. I'm. I'm getting all of my information from Wikipedia, by the way, <laughs> which is a good place to start. <laughs> I got to tell you, Wikipedia. Let me. Let me just tell you this. I don't run my own Wikipedia, but you know who updates it constantly are my college buddies, <laughs> who will put like all sorts of nonsense in there, knowing that people are going to ask me about it at some point. <laughs> See, that's that's the kind of legacy I want to leave. Uh, people can, uh, you know, write dick jokes in my Wikipedia oh, page. Oh, the last people I want updating my <laughs> Wikipedia are my, well, my college friends. Uh, listen, I've, I've been following your no, career. Exactly. I know, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I said I've been following your career for a long time. I've seen you write uh, uh, beautiful speeches for uh, President Kirkman and... Uh, and I've also seen you study the great American art of muff diving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a blessed career! Yeah, <laughs> really. Is. Which which probably lends into you writing your memoir after after all. I mean, with such, with such you know beautiful flowery language as that, then uh, the, the 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 book has to be terrific. It, thank you. I, look, I, I really, um, I was excited to write it when I when I thought about writing it. I was like, you know, I want to write something for like the 20-year-old version of myself who's trying to figure his stuff out. But also for, um, you know, I've had this weird life where I had the chance to, to act in stoner movies. And like you said, the great American art of muff diving. A lot of comedies that I've really loved. And then uh, had the chance to work in public service and, and serve at the White House. And the, the, the book is really for anybody out there who... <laughs> Uh, has multiple passions or interests in life, which I guess is most of us, right? And and sometimes we figure out how to navigate multiple things. You don't view the world as, as binary or, or that you only have one choice in life. But when I was putting it together, I, was, I also just wanted it to be a fun book that makes you feel like you're having a beer with me, whether you get the audiobook or whether you actually read it. <laughs> and so I narrated it myself because that was part of, you know, part of comedy is like you don't want to hand off your words to somebody else to read um, if they're setups and jokes. 
Um, but it was a lot of fun to put together. I'm, an, I'm a phenomenally slow reader, which is why it took four and a half years to write. Um, <laughs> I'm super excited that all these, all these absurd stories are out there now. <laughs> this is uh, Cal Penn on the phone. This, you know, it, it's it's interesting because you're you're like you said, your career kind of has a, a number of different phases. You know, there's there's the acting part, and there's also the the the, the political part of it too, and then. And it's you know I think most people probably don't even realize that you were you were in the uh, the Obama administration. How how did you trans? How did you make that transition from you know actor to all of a sudden now you're a part of a, a political administration? It, so the the longer version of the story, uh, which I think is I think it's about twenty minutes of the audiobook because I wanted to get it right and kind of it's a crazy it's an absurd story. So it starts out with I was on House uh, at the time and Olivia Wilde, wonderful actor and director, uh, she invited me to a campaign event for then Senator Obama and I said no because you know I, I read about politics and obviously we all have our own views but I certainly never thought that I wanted to go to a campaign event or volunteer for somebody um, I got roped into that I actually was inspired enough to go and spend a weekend volunteering with Olivia and then I just sort of stayed uh, and so for the next year and a half I was volunteering for that that campaign it led to a job in the administration um, working on outreach on, on part of the, the public engagement team um, but then just shifting gears when they when they offered me a job I couldn't like, what do you say when somebody, when an incoming president says, would you like to serve your country? If the only response you can think of is, no, sir, I have more stoner <laughs> movies to make. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, but stoner movies are the building blocks of this nation. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's how they wrote the Constitution. I, I, I don't disagree. I don't, and I love making them, which is why it was a sabbatical. So I took, I took about two years off from acting, knowing full well that when my two years was over, I was going to going to come back to my first love, which is making people laugh. And, and that's why that, that part of the book was like, I just want to be, it, people say it's like, it's fun in a self-deprecating way because it's true. I mean, there were plenty of times when, uh, you know, I, I talk about some, uh, obviously the very, the more serious kind of inspirational things that, that I saw working at the white house, but also the times I put my foot in my mouth and the times when, <laughs> you know, people are like, is it like the West wing? I'm like, no, well, the West wing lies. You can't order Chinese food at one o'clock in the morning. There are these vending machines in the basement that you're pretty much stuck with. So uh, pack your lunch, boys, because you're, it's going to be a long night, and you don't want to get stuck eating now, that stuff. Now, how much how much of that of your experience at the White House played a role in getting in getting a role on Designated Survivor? Was that kind of like a shoe in? Uh, like, did, did they think this Cal Penn would be the perfect guy for this because he's had experience working, uh, writing speeches, and, and being an intern in the White House? Yeah, you know, when my when my agent sent me the script for Designated Survivor, I didn't even read it. I just yeah, I emailed them back and I said, uh, no, thanks. I don't, you know, I, I don't think this will be particularly challenging. And I don't want people to think that, you know, I, I worked in the White House for any sort of like acting game. That's just odd timing. And they replied and said, just read it. It's a it's a conspiracy theory thriller starring Kiefer Sutherland. I was like, wait, Kiefer's playing the president? Okay, hang on. I'll, I'll give it a look. Uh, and I read it, and I loved it, mostly because it was, you know, it was so far-fetched. It was, I liken it to, uh, people have asked me this question before, and I was trying to figure out a good, a good answer. And I, I feel like it's like, if I, was a, if I was an airline pilot, and then somebody asked me to do a play in a small theater about being a mechanic who works on airplane tires, it's, it, that's the difference. Where, like, I know enough about the world, but when it came to Designated Survivor, you know, it was such a, uh, a fictionalized 
adaptation that I knew some of the basics, but it was still challenging. But but one, but e- extremely well written. I I I, I was I, I was in love with that show. Uh, you know, and I'm kind of sad that it's not. <laughs> it's they're not making any new episodes uh, anymore. I mean, but how much can you make it at a certain point? Uh, but uh, I mean that that's got to be uh, something. You, you know, you got Kiefer Sullivan. You got you're a star-studded cast there. Just uh, what a great career! Yeah, how do you how do you not oh say God. how do you say no to something like that? Yeah. Oh no, exactly. That's why I was like, yes, I would I would love to do it. And and uh, and that, like you said, the writers were great. That cast is incredible. I mean, Kiefer, you know, it's all your Richie, Maggie Q. There, there was no shortage of, and those are the people you get to show up to work with every day. You know, I mean that. People I had admired for a long time, so uh, it was a blast. Okay, so, uh, I'm bummed season three was our last, but it happened. So I want to ask you about the uh, the pilot on FX, uh, Belated. There's, there are some parallels between the story behind you know, that show and also your book, because you also uh, you know do reveal some things in, in the book that uh, you that uh, are even new to you. Tell, tell us about the, about the pilot and where that's going. Yeah, sure. So this this pilot is it's called Belated. Um, we're shooting it in February, so hopefully find out by you know I guess the spring if it if it goes anywhere. It's about uh, it's about a guy who was married to his wife for I guess fifteen twenty years, and they have two kids together. Uh, he's a doctor in uh, New York City, and and then finds out or discovers sort of later that uh, that he's gay. So he you know has to navigate his family life and and figure out who he really is. Um, and so on the surface, I know there were some articles that were like, hey, you talked about being engaged to a dude in your book. Is this the same thing? And I was like, well, we don't have any kids and we've been together for 11 years. So it's, it's a pretty different story. But what I loved about that script when I read it, it's actually funny. You mentioned Designated Survivor. It was almost a similar thing where the agent sends the script and I, I read what it's about. And I was like, eh, not really for me. Uh, you know, because you want to play characters that are that are very different from you. Then I start reading it. I was like, oh, this dude's like been with his wife for 20 years. They have two kids together and it reads more like a, a Ted Lasso or I don't know if you've seen the yeah. show Rami. It's another really funny comedy on Hulu. Um, it reads more like that where it's character driven and it's about these ridiculous situations that the characters find themselves in. And I was like, Oh man, that's like, that's what every actor is looking for in the comedy space. I, after designated survivor ended, I had a show that I created for NBC called Sunnyside, but we only got to do a season of it. So since then, it's been like, great, what's the next comedy thing? And the writing was just so good. A guy named Peter Tolan, uh, who did Mad About You and a, and a bunch of other stuff, created it. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Cal, I, I could sit here and talk to you for an hour because uh, I, I'm, I, I really am a big fan, but they only give us 10 minutes with you. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. Uh, but we will, you know, just to throw it out there, You Can't Be Serious is the name of the uh, memoir by Cal Penn. You can find that uh, anywhere you can uh, basically find books. Uh, is a real treat to talk to you, Cal, and I, I hope we can have you back on the show in a, in a lengthier time at some point. I would I would love that, um, and thank you for thank you for all the love on everything. I hope hope you like the book and the audio book, and uh, have a good have a good uh, holiday. You, you too, too, and I'll be studying the uh, great American <laughs> art of muff diving in my spare time. <laughs> As you should. All right, thanks, Cal. Cal Penn with Bax and Steve Nagel and Rock One Hundred Two. It's uh, 725 with Bax and Steve and Rock 102. It is going to be partly cloudy today with a high of 44. Tomorrow, cloudy and rain with a high of 59. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Big Y world-class markets. I got everything you need to make holiday entertaining easier with a wide variety of platters that are absolutely delicious. From veggies and fruit to cheese boards and shrimp and sushi and entrees to delicious desserts. Let Big Y do all the heavy lifting and all the cooking for you. Go to rock102.com. 
and click contest for your chance to win a $50 gift certificate to put towards the purchase of a Big Y platter from Big Y World Class Markets on Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. You like uh, Alanis Morissette, do you? Sure. Yeah, I guess. Well, uh, Jagged Little Pill, the musical, is now becoming a novel. No kidding. Yeah, the journey of Alanis Morissette's 1995 album, Jagged Little Pill, is uh, unusual. First, it was an album, and that's just music. Then, more than 20 years later, it debuted as a jukebox musical that ended up, at that, or that added a plot to the original songs, with the, uh, with the book being written by Diablo Cody. Now, Cody Morissette and Jagged Little Pro producer Glenn Ballard are teaming up with YA author Eric Smith to complete this weird journey and turn Jagged Little Pill musical into a novel, which is a thing that's uh, just story and has no music. She's um, milking the living bejesus out of this thing, isn't she? Well, I mean, I mean, she g- wrote that album at her angriest in her life, and yeah. that usually makes great music. Oh, because ang- when- anger makes great art. Because when she was, like, happy and she started writing, the, like, she came out with the, that the album with the song Thank You on it. Oh, I stuff. know. And I was like, all right, nobody to that. cares. This is why Taylor Swift is so pos- popular, because she uh, she likes to date men, then break up with them, and then write good songs about it. She writes uh, spite songs probably better yeah. than most. Well, I mean, Alanis Morissette with uh, uh, You Ought to Know. Uh, that was yeah. That was an angry song. You could you could sit there listen to that song and yeah. say, "Ooh, man, I'm glad I never went to the movies with her." Uh, but the idea that uh, this is being turned into a novel now, come on. I like, know. I'm uh, just I'm just saying. You know, it's it's an album that's almost almost thirty years old, maybe. Yeah. And uh, you know we're kind of like squeezing blood out of a stone here. Like we've we've milked this thing for as far as we could take it. What are we gonna do, Jesus Jones, the musical? You know, I, I ask myself every day, why why has there been no love for those guys? Uh, there should be. There should be. There should be a musical about a lot of different artists. And because uh, uh, they, their album was just as good. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I mean, their album was just as exciting as anybody else's. Yeah, don't mind we're on the radio yeah, or anything. That's okay. Yeah, that's professional yeah, radio yeah, broadcasting yeah, going cool. on here. Yeah. You just mind yourself. Anyway, uh, where were we? Uh, I don't know. We were talking about the uh, crap. <laughs> it doesn't even matter at this point. Alanis Morissette is just milking it now, and that's the end of the story. News is next to Rock 102. Rock 102 is local radio icon Steve Nagel. You know, uh, if we only had, like, a giant red light outside of the door that said on air that was blinking while people walked by. Don't we have that? Uh, I th- Maybe it's too small. Maybe it needs to, there needs to be, like, a... I don't know, maybe like some, uh, like a vibration or something. Like you'd feel it on the floor as you're walking past it. You know, or, or like a trap door technology if you violate the, uh, the, the code. I think we should have an electric fence. That's what we should have out there. Yeah, like if you open your mouth while we got live microphones, it zaps you. Uh, police are investigating the fatal shooting of a man late Wednesday in a building at 164 Sergeant Street in Holyoke. Officers were dis- uh, dispatched there for a report of gunfire around 10 p.m., when officers arrived and were shown inside, they found a man on the floor suffering from a gunshot wound. They performed first aid until an ambulance arrived. The man was pronounced dead at the hospital. The homicide is being investigated by the Holyoke Police Criminal Investigation Bureau and the State Police Crime Prevention Unit. The name of the deceased has not been released. There have been no arrests and police did not disclose any possible motives. This is the second uh, homicide in Holyoke this year. There were six homicides in Holyoke in 2020. Well, we're actually going down in the homicide department. Yeah, they're really cleaning things up over there. Well, 
sometimes uh, you get a little uh, you get a little spunk in you, you can uh, knock that crime rate down uh, to nothing. Yeah, I don't like spunk. Uh, depends on what setting I'm in. <laughs> you know, not something that you'd want at the yeah. doctor's office, but uh, yeah, maybe at a, at a buffet. Maybe you're right. Maybe yeah. you need to be in the right mood. Uh, Mass State Police and Warren Police have suspended their search for a suspect in the West Warren area Thursday night. Mass State Police uh, attempted to stop a driver for a traffic violation on Main Street in West Warren. The vehicle stopped, but then the suspect fled the area on foot. Warren Police said the suspect was in the area of Main Street and South Street. Residents were urged to lock their doors Thursday night. However, police say there's no longer a threat to the public. Well, what happened to the guy? I don't know. Well, we don't have them, but you can unlock your doors. Chances right. of him going into any of your homes is slim to none. Are you sure we're safe? I guess. Police say <laughs> the suspect may have been armed. He is described as a light-skinned black man, approximately six feet tall, 200 pounds, has a light mustache, and is wearing a black Adidas sweatshirt with white stripes. State police uh, said canine units were in the area searching for the suspect, but came up with nothing. You know, when the cops uh, are asked, are we, are we clear, are we safe? Is it okay to go about our our, uh, our daily business? And their answer is probably. I don't know if how uh, how strongly I take that. Yeah, I'm I, probably going to continue to be vigilant, and so so that no one uh, breaks into my home. Listen, he's not like going to hang around or anything. No, but I mean, yes, but still, I yeah. mean, until you say for sure, oh yeah, no, there's no problem, man, and we've apprehended him, then I'm going to feel better when that happens. But until that point. I'm uh, your probabilities don't mean nothing to me. Hey, uh, Wilbraham man was arrested Wednesday night in Ludlow for resisting arrest and operating under the influence of drugs, according to uh, Ludlow Police Lieutenant Michael Brennan. Officers were notified of a red Mercedes Benz driving erratically in the area of Center Street around eleven eleven p.m. Ooh, make a wish. <laughs> Uh, on Wednesday night. Yeah, that's, that's good luck, isn't it? 11, 11 yeah. p.m.? I wish I don't get caught doing cocaine off my dashboard. A uh, witness told police <laughs> they saw the suspect's vehicle all over the road and also said to police he's going to kill someone with the way they were driving. Officers located the vehicle on Chapin Street and could see the driver was unable to stay inside the lanes of travel, nearly striking the right curb and at one point swerving left over the center yellow line completely into the opposite lane of traffic. A stop was conducted on the vehicle near Sportsman Road. The driver was identified as 52-year-old Robert Matthews of Wilbraham. Officers saw Matthews moving suspiciously in the driver's seat near the uh, center console. The officer says he saw Matthews allegedly scatter a white powdery substance from the center console area. He also had a Smith & Wesson 380 handgun that was loaded and unholstered, tucked into his waistband. Well, that's suspicious. You know, I, uh, I recognized where I knew I knew where this guy, I knew this guy from. You know the guy? He was my kid's dentist. Are you sure about yes, that? Yes, I'm, I'm positive about this. Really? He was my kid's dentist, and uh, he said man a lot. Did he uh, like uh, wear like a sweater around his shoulder all tied up in the front? Mm, why would that mean? I don't know. I mean, there's a guy driving around in a fancy uh, luxury vehicle, doing rails of blow off his uh, center console. Just, uh, you know, wondering how much uh, into it he really is. And I remember we stopped going to the guy because he... W now, mind you, it was a pediatric dental office... Sure. ...that didn't take six-year-olds after noontime. Really? It was the most inconvenient dental schedule ever. Hmm. 
And then, so that's why you moved your kids over to another dental practice. Yeah, because it, it, that, that's just annoying. It, that That's just inconvenient. I guess. You know, if Not as inconvenient as getting arrested after doing rails of coke off the center console. Well, uh, you know, uh, how are you going to pay for that Mercedes Benz and the uh, all that fancy dental equipment I don't you know. in that office, you know? Uh, but and, and a handgun in your waistband. Well, you got to protect the car. Man, uh... This is really going to hurt the appointment schedule for today. <laughs> it might. <laughs> State officials are looking into ways to increase COVID-19 testing in Massachusetts as the Omicron variant has been detected in the state last week. Home testing is available at no cost to all eligible Massachusetts adults. Free kits! Yay! Yay. Kits are reserved for adults 18 plus who live or work in a congregate setting. Do we live in? Do we live and work in a congregate setting? I don't even know what that means. Well, it would be a congregation of people, like a church. But Well, I mean, we have people working here. Would you call that congregate? I would imagine that would be. And do we all hang out in the same rooms together? Uh, some of us do. Sure. Are experiencing symptoms, have recently been in contact with something, someone with COVID, or have otherwise been recommended for testing. To uh, request a kit, you can visit Pixelcorp by LabCorp for uh, Massachusetts for details. Human Health and Services uh, Secretary Mary Lou Sutters said the uh, state officials were hoping to be able to make some announcements next week about rapid tests in Massachusetts. Baker has been recently vocal uh, with his frustration that the federal government has not done more to make rapid COVID-19 tests more available and more affordable to, to Americans. You know, for all the guff that Florida got, I had to go down there. Uh, you know, before vaccines were sure were uh, uh, well, vaccines were released, but it hadn't been available yet to everybody. Right, and uh, so it was like the worst trip to Florida ever because you're just like worried that you're going to get some you know dead deadly illness, especially being on an airplane with people. Sure, but I uh, I went and got tested while I was down there, the rapid test, mm -hmm. and it was the same type of thing. It was like the the line over at the Eastfield Mall. Uh, but they, remember when the you waited? Didn't you wait a very long time for your test the first time you had um, one done? Yeah, I mean the the lot was completely full. Right. It just kept getting bigger and bigger. So that's exactly what this was. They took an old dog track parking lot and they turned it into this testing site. And uh, you know, I get there. I think the testing opened at eight o'clock in the morning. I got there at like seven thirty, mm -hmm. and I was probably twenty cars back in line, and. As soon as 8 o'clock opened up, they opened up the gates, and I was in and out of there in less than 15 minutes with a test. And as I'm driving, a text message comes over uh, saying that it was negative. Well, that's perfect. Uh, well, it was efficient. Yeah. You know, and it gives you a little bit of peace of mind, too, uh, you know, that you're on vacation, if you will. Yeah. See, I, <coughs> you know, my first time, I had to wait three days. And if you remember, there was kind of a backlog of them informing people. Yeah. So they said, no, it'll take like two days, but it took three. And I'm, you know, checking my email every 15 minutes to see if, if I, uh, if I'm, you know, negative or positive, you know, thankfully I was, I was negative, yeah. but it's like, you know, you had to wait. I, I like the rapid test a whole lot better. Yeah. It's a, it's a hell of a lot easier. And, uh, I'm like, why can't we be doing this? Why do we have to wait three days for results? My understanding, and I could be wrong about this, but my understanding is now at the Eastfield Mall, they're doing the rapid test. Well, they are now, but yeah. I'm talking about when this whole thing started. Because I don't, think, I don't think they felt like the rapid test was accurate enough. Like, there are a lot of false positives and false negatives with that test. 
as opposed to the regular one where yes. you know you wait you know it's get shipped off to a lab and you get a more accurate result well we'll let you know in three days don't go anywhere yeah just stay at home take a couple days off kick your heels up <clears throat> excuse me i get a little uh, something in my throat i don't know what that was well where'd that come from that's what i okay you can leave now dave <laughs> <laughs> uh Leave him alone. Thousands of Massachusetts patients were victimized through deceptive advertising by Aspen Dental, according to a lawsuit filed against the dental chain on Thursday by Attorney General Maura Healy. Healy alleges that Aspen Dental falsely advertised free dental services to patients in violation of state consumer protection laws and a settlement the company reached in 2014 with the Attorney General's office to resolve similar complaints. Aspen Dental took advantage of vulnerable consumers in need of dental care and used misleading advertising to lure them into their offices under false pretenses, Healy said in a statement. We're suing this company for violating both state law and its earlier promises not to engage in precisely these illegal practices and we're seeking restitution for patients uh, harmed by this misconduct. Wow. I uh, I went to one of these places mm-hmm. years ago when I first became a full-time employee here. And uh, the great dental insurance that we had with this place... Yeah, where it only covers certain teeth. ...didn't cover the dentist that I had been going to for many years. Mm. So I had to find a new dentist because I couldn't afford... You know, with the great salary that I had here, I couldn't afford to go see. <laughs> you know, uh, you're you're sounding a little disgruntled, Steve. I can't imagine to, why I'm you not, would be feeling that not way. I'm not disgruntled, but uh, so I go to this place, right? Yeah, and uh, I go in, and they sit you down in the chair, and I'm look, and I had a, I had something going on. I, I was one of those persons that didn't get all my wisdom teeth taken out at once. Right, I did it like one by one. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had this wisdom tooth that uh, it was time to go. You know, it was time to, to get out of there. Right. But not according to Aspen Dental. They could have done a root canal on it. And they brought me into an office like a, much like a car dealership would. <laughs> and they start giving you options on how you can finance this root canal. And, uh, you know, after uh, contemplating that and thinking, yeah, there's no way in hell that I'm financing work done on my mouth... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I I wound up scrounging up the money and going back to my dentist that I know and love. Right. And he said, what, do you got some witch doctor down there? There's no way in hell you could perform a root canal on that. And why would you anyway? It's a wisdom tooth. Take it out. So he scheduled the appointment and took it out. Now, mind you, it did cost me a few hundred dollars to do all that. Right. But it was still a lot cheaper than financing a root canal on something that... Probably wouldn't have been able to have been done right away. Well, I mean, would a root canal be a higher uh, level of, uh, of of payment to the dentist from the insurance company than a root canal? Um, than than, a, than a, a, an extraction? Uh, yeah, obviously it would. Well, there you go. And no wonder they wanted to do a root canal. Yeah, but it was like, I'd never I'd never experienced that with like a healthcare type of transaction where they were like they were literally trying to get you to finance something. Like, like, I don't know. Like I said, like you're buying a car or a yeah. house. Dentistry and medicine should not feel like you're walking onto the lot of a used car salesman. And uh, you know, what, do, what do I got to do to get you this crown today? 
The other thing was, I'm sitting in this dental chair, and I'm looking up at that light that they give you. Yeah. And they had all these, like, stalactites of all the tartar from oh, all the other people God. that were there before you. It yeah, was you gotta, disgusting. You got to wipe that down every time. I'm overdue to go to the dentist. I, ha- I you know, and I was like, uh, you know, before the, the, the pandemic, I had myself a, a, I had myself an appointment, and I canceled it, or they canceled it because of COVID, and then all of a sudden they started to, to redo it, and they were telling me, could you come in today? And I was like, well, no, I got mm-hmm. stuff going on today. And it's like two or three different times, and uh, I've, I've gotten no calls. So I need to call them and have them work on a mouth that hasn't been uh, dealt with in almost two years. Two years? Well, yeah. I mean, it's... You haven't even gone for a cleaning? No. At been all? Do- been doing it all myself. You like, can't do a, a full dental hygienist cleaning. No, I know that. I know that. I also know that when I go, it's going to be like a lot of scraping and, and digging and gnawing and gnashing and bleeding. And that's that's what I get to look forward to. Yeah. You see, when, now when you go for the cleaning again, uh, your mouth's going to bleed all over the place. Oh, I know. I'm going to have to wear a dark shirt. That's disgusting. It is what it is, Steve. I usually, I mean, I'm, I'm very uh, diligent with my brushing and... And flossing, but, you know, it's been two years. <laughs> i got to get in there, I guess. I would say you do have to get in there and clean that mouth out, young man. That's oh, this disgusting. Mouth. i got a filthy mouth. A man who told police he wanted to steal a jet so he could fly to Area 51 to look at aliens was arrested Wednesday after he drove through fences at the McCarran International Airport in Las Vegas in a limo, parked on an aircraft ramp and made a bomb threat, and then said... Ta-da! The suspect was arrested for trespassing, dispersing a hoax substance, and threatening terroristic acts, the police report said. Uh, CNN reached out to the law firm. The man claimed was representing him, and the firm said it is not representing him in this matter. (laughs) This guy's got all kinds of issues going on. The uh, name Area 51 comes from its map uh, designation, uh, you know, because the government doesn't want you to know what it really is used for. Yeah, they don't want you to know that we've got... We've got spacecraft in a hangar, and we've got uh, the, the the saved, restored bodies of aliens. Uh, today, it's used as a long uh, as an open training range for the U.S. Air Force. It has long been a topic of fascination for conspiracy theorists and paranormal enthusiasts who believe it to be the location where U.S. government stores and hides alien bodies and Uf- UFOs. Spooky. Mm-hmm. You know the other uh, thing I just saw yesterday. There was this big rally uh, about these people who believe that birds aren't real. Did you have you seen this? Yeah, I did see that. The birds are, and they're they're holding up signs. Birds are not real. And then they had this guy doing like making fun of these people who was, <laughs> and he's like, and he's he's playing the part. You know, they're interviewing people outside of this rally, and there are people who are really serious about it. Right. And he's got these sunglasses on. He's like, yeah, yeah, every time I see a, every time I see a Robin come to my window, I'm like, F you, government, F you, all the way. You get away with your government cameras out of my face. And all the other people around him are like, yeah, man, yeah, that's exactly what I say to them, too. <laughs> First the birds and now the government. That uh, the birds are just a bunch of surveillance drones. Yeah. What were they doing before we had that kind of technology? I don't know. I uh, I told you the other day that uh, somebody I know was, te- well, somebody I know was telling me about their friend, uh, about the vaccine, that her husband got vaccine. 
uh, got the vaccine. Right. right. But she she's not going to get the vaccine shot because she sleeps with him. And, of course, he sheds uh, antibodies in his sleep and she sleeps in the same bed. So, therefore, she is getting vaccinated just by sleeping next to this man. That makes sense. And I said, please tell me more about vaccination <laughs> by osmosis. I'm really interested to hear about this. That's like the that's, that's like, a whole, that's a whole lot easier than going through the CVS app. Remember when you were a kid and you put that history book under your pillow because you think you'd sleep the thoughts into your brain <laughs> and pass the test in the morning? That's exactly what this is going on. Wow, that's, yeah. that's interesting. Oh, people come up with some crazy, crazy stuff, Bex. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Nitro Cold Brew is uh, uh, Fogbuster is uh, air roasted and velvety smooth and never bitter because, because in fact, it is air roasted. I'm sure they're very happy that they're paying for that <laughs> advertisement. Look for the black and white can now at every big Y Express. It's uh, going to be partly cloudy today with a high of 45. Tomorrow, cloudy and rain showers with a high of 60. 33 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 756 in Boston on Rock 102. Partly cloudy today with a high of 45. Tomorrow, cloudy with rain showers, high of 60. It's 33 right now in downtown Springfield. Sunday night at 9 here at Rock 102 is Baxi's Musical Fun Bag. This week I'll be playing The Clash, The Talking Heads, Television, X, The Jam, and a lot of other great stuff. It's all brought to you by Country Hyundai of Northampton and Carla Cazenzi. It's Rock 102's loudest hour just before Little Steven's Underground Garage right here on Rock 102. I got that uh, snowblower attachment uh, all ready to go. Yeah. And, I haven't uh, even used it yet. Did you Did you put it on your uh, your tractor? It's I all, did. All, get, all, all, all ready to rip? Rock and roll ready to go and uh, no snow to, uh, to speak of to blow away. See, I mean, it's, I mean, it's supposed to rain. I mean, and, and when I saw the forecast and it said, yeah. like, my Saturday, it could be up to 60 degrees. I'm thinking, do I really want to go with the pain yeah. and suffering of trying to shuffle, uh, to, to shovel snow while I've got yeah. a bum knee? I don't think so. Not with something like that. And matter of fact, uh, the driveway completely melted without me doing anything to it. Yeah. I didn't even have to shovel the walkway. The walkway just it just melted away. Yeah, see, I, I got a part of my driveway which is paved and a part of my driveway which is gravel. I usually park on the gravel, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock myself out and uh, you know run the risk of a major cardiac infarction trying to shovel the place out. And, Please. Uh, and for the next uh, ten days, uh, the forecast is looking to be uh, like an average of forty-five. Yeah, right. So you know, and no snow in the forecast, which is great because you know, no, like I think they said Savoy had the uh, the, the biggest accumulation of like four inches, but the rest of us it was like an inch. Savoy. Savoy. Where is that? I don't even know where Savoy is. is that where they make those uh, chocolate chip cookies. No, 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 Steve. You're thinking of Chips Ahoy. Uh, no, you're thinking of that uh, thing that uh, pirates say. Oh. No, Steve. I think you're thinking of Ahoy. Matey. 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 Ahoy, matey. Uh, I can't go anywhere. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I know. We, we kind of we boxed ourselves into a corner. Which we usually do. It's 7.58 with Bax and Steve on Rock 102. GG Inc.'s achievements whenever their ruthless ambitions to dominate become tested. Whereas I, it's 8.13 and Ozzy on Rock 102. Gonna be uh, partly cloudy today with a high of uh, 44. Uh, tomorrow, uh, 
get this, high of 60, but rainy. Yeah. Yeah. Not not uh, not perfect, but no, it's warmer. Uh, Thirty three in downtown Springfield. Steve, you consider yourself to be some sort of uh, reefer zombie burnout, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, pretty much. You like uh, much. you like the you like the the the, the funky tobacco, right? I like uh, yes, the devil's lettuce, if yeah, you will. Right? Uh-huh. Do you uh, do you uh, usually smoke it? Eat it. Uh, use the uh, what are those called? The sphincters. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, the the suppositories. They don't got. Do they come in a suppository? Is that what you were? I, I'm sure they do. It's Some people a, call it tincture. I think it's sphincter, frankly. Sphincture. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, no, I'm usually. Uh, I I I prefer the edibles. You do o- only because like, I usually take it before bed. Yeah, and I and you can tell how much you're gonna take, as opposed to getting like super stoned. Yeah, and then uh, like eating everything in sight. Somebody gave me uh, uh, some gummies uh, probably about a year ago, yeah. and uh, and I took the gummies and felt nothing at all. Well, I felt nothing. That's the problem with THC is that uh, you can never tell what it's going to do to you. That's why you should go low and slow. You should never like. Oh, you know what? I'm not feeling any because I've made that mistake. Before, yeah, too. right. Yeah. You know, I asked a guy, one guy, some guy uh, last year or two years ago brought me a, an edible that he uh, had homemade. Sure. And uh, he goes, yeah, you should uh, you should try this. And I go, okay. And then uh, he, it was like the size of an Oreo cookie, but it was fudge, right? Sure. It was really good. And he goes, I said, uh, how, how much of this should I take? Because it's not like you're getting it from a dispensary and there's telling you what the you know, dispersed dosages. This is just some guy giving me a cookie, you know? <laughs> and uh, Which, if you were driving around yeah. in a white panel ba- van, you'd uh, you'd have uh, second thoughts about it. Right. So then he uh, he gives me this thing, and I said, how much should I take? And he goes, oh, a guy like you, you could take half of that, right? So I take half. This is when I'm first, like, kind of learning about edibles. Right. And you learn very quickly. Uh, so I took the half. I waited about two hours. I'm like, I ain't feeling nothing off this thing. So then I took the other half, which was was a giant mistake. mistake. Right. Because I was probably high for the next 16 hours, which is not good. Yeah. See, I I think I took like uh, like three of the gummies and felt nothing. And then I thought, well, do I take the other 15? And I thought, no, 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 no. Maybe not. You kind of got to, like, uh, build a tolerance for yourself. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. you do. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I see this story uh, this week in uh, Mass Live. A Massachusetts cannabis company is claiming it set a world record on Tuesday when it baked a marijuana-infused brownie that weighed 850 pounds. Damn! Uh, the company, Marimed, said the brownie contained 20,000 milligrams of THC. We would make it several thousand times stronger than the normal dose sold in recreational cannabis shops around the state. 20,000 milligrams of THC. Now, I don't know what you do with this. Uh, you know, do, you, do you cut pieces off of it and give it to people? This thing is three feet wide. It's 15 inches tall. And the previous record for the largest marijuana brownie was only 243 pounds. That's a difference of 607 pounds yeah, wow. between the two. I did the math in my head. I, I think I got it accurate. And that took like uh, 1,300 eggs, 250 pounds of sugar, 212 pounds of butter, 5.3 pounds of vanilla, 
81 pounds of flour and apparently uh, th- that w- and but nowhere near 20,000 milligrams of THC. That's crazy to have something that big. But what do you do with yeah, it? That's what I mean. Uh, you can't consume that. You I, you can't even sell it. You you can't sell it. You can't even if you're gifting it to somebody. Uh, you, you what are you gonna do with that? that? That's way too many milligrams. How many milligrams total? What Twenty thousand milligrams. Yeah, that's ridiculous. This, it is ridiculous. Now, yeah. if you go to uh, you know, the, the, like the the normal uh, dispensary, it's usually like five milligrams for their brownies, right? Yeah. Okay, so. Imagine uh, that by quite a lot more. That's that's just insane. There's nothing you could possibly do with that thing other than, uh, well, you, you probably wouldn't die if you ate it. No, but imagine the bag of funyuns that we'd need after you get the uh, after you get the munchies. Well, that well, I don't know. You just keep eating more brownie. You get more high <laughs> as you go along. Where you, you just eat two or three bags of those Costco-sized funyuns, and that'll. That'll uh, that'll fill you up. I just uh, I, I that sounds like something you'd you'd hear about like the stories uh, that you get every once in a while of somebody overdosing on they call it overdosing on edibles, which really you can overdose on marijuana. Yeah, but it's not going to really do anything to you other than make you paranoid or uh, make turn you into a. <laughs> <laughs> See. See, my problem with it is, and, and I have no problem with anyone who can who can use this stuff responsibly. Yeah, I know myself, and I don't know if you are aware of this, mm-hmm. but uh, I, for a good deal of my entire life, have dealt with a slight weight management problem. No way. Yeah, no, it's true. And part of uh, the problem has always been portion yeah. control. Yeah, now, you, I I know for uh, for a, for a fact. That if I open up a a, a box of say, uh, Cheez-Its, yeah. I love Cheez-Its. I mean, who doesn't love Cheez-Its, right? Uh, the serving size is like ten Cheez-Its. Right. I've never stopped at just ten Cheez-Its in my life. No, if you, I open up the box, the box is done. You're either gonna eat half the box or the whole box. Right. Now, yeah. if I go to a dispensary and they say, mm-hmm. okay, well, here's a Here's a chocolate bar, and it's it's got you know five milligrams of THC or ten yeah. or whatever the hell it is. You only want to have just a little tiny bit. Now I know myself. <laughs> Having a little tiny bit is going to sound uh, yeah. almost cute. Yeah, you know, I the the thing is, you have to have other snacks on hand eventually because first of all, most of the edible stuff isn't really that great. There's nothing like so tasty about it yeah you know it's more of the it's like uh it's like mixing booze with a mixer because the booze itself tastes like crap sure but you're masking it by even if you put diet soda into a a thing of booze you can Mm -hmm. easily get it you can more easily get it down your throat same thing with the edibles it's really they're not tasty no, I know that, but you know, I mean, as as you are yeah. aware of, uh, someone who has a weight management issue, yeah, doesn't always care. No, no, what no, the I food don't, tastes like. I don't care either. And uh, there are times where I'll be walking through a grocery store, and like pick some snack up, knowing that that's going to taste good while I'm high. <laughs> like that's, like that's how I shop. I have a regular shopping list, and then I have the uh, I'm getting high later uh, shopping yeah. list. And I'm like, oh, uh, some of those 
those Oreos and then uh, maybe a package of them little smoky hot dogs. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, that's a new flavor of Pringles. I'll have to rip into that. You know, it's like uh, it's like pregnant women who like uh, pickled herring and sour cream. It's like, yeah. It, it doesn't it, really matter what you're eating at a certain point because you just don't care. Your stomach just is hungry. But you're so affected by yeah. how your body is uh, being compromised that you don't really care. It, that's but that's the thing you have to eat. Yeah. Because of the. Uh, because of the uh, desire for it, so that's just that's kind of what I'm thinking. It's like, yeah. you know, the, the reason I stayed uh, away from the edibles is I, is I I have too much self awareness in a situation like that. I know I'll eat too much because just like you say, you take it, you don't feel like you don't feel a damn thing, and the 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 natural uh, you, you inclination would be yeah. if this ain't working. I should probably double or triple up. Yeah, this is uh, that's why uh, you try not to get super stoned. Because you get super stoned, yeah. that's when you start losing control of things. I know every time I get super stoned, two days later something from Amazon will show up. I, I'm sure that's true. And it's usually something related to food, like, ooh, this crispy air fryer pan that's copper that you can make... Uh, Chicken tenders in the oven that came, uh, it tastes like they came out of a deep fryer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, the thing is, if if they were selling like an 850-pound brownie that didn't have 20,000 milligrams of, uh, of THC in it, mm-hmm. I might be more inclined to buy some of it. You know, actually have like a like a bunch, you know, cut off. Yeah. And I bring it home because I know that I could eat that. But I feel like if uh, if I'm going to go to a store and there's an 850-pound brownie in there and it's loaded to the bejesus with THC, I feel like I'm putting myself at a great risk. Listen, man, you wouldn't be able to get through a half a pound of that thing without start. If it's got that many milligrams of THC in it, you know, one, one handful of it yeah. has probably got 100 milligrams in it. Just a handful of yeah, it. Yeah, I know, but I do like eating brownies by the handful. Especially those corner pieces, you know, the little with a little crispy at the edges. I like that. Speaking of which, I made uh, brownies last night with the the Ghirardelli chocolate brownies from Costco. And did you uh, did you put twenty thousand milligrams of THC in? No, it? because my children were eating them, so oh, I didn't uh, yeah. put any drugs in my children's food. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, those are good. Those are good. When you make them with the double pack. Yeah, those are good. And you good. make extra thick brownies I with do. chocolate chips in them. I do like oh, that, yeah. Oh, man, how yeah. good is that? Yeah, it is good. But, uh, yeah, you, you're not going to be eating that much of the... It, it probably doesn't even taste good. How do you cook something like that on such a, a large proportion? I don't uh, know. Uh, from, like, you know, what do you, how long do you bake it for? Does it say? Did it say how long it took right. to cook? It didn't uh, get into the specifics of that. I, I know that it probably wouldn't fit in my oven. Not without like a, with, not without like a running start to jam it all in there. Listen, man, there's nothing better than to just grabbing a couple of gummies, just gummies. That's gummies. all you need. You don't need a whole big bag. You sit, you get a big bag of whatever snack you're going to be hungry for later, Bax. That's what you got to do. Yeah, but now I'm looking at the. Now I'm feeling like I want brownies. Do I get high after work today? No. Why not? Because I got a whole day of activity today. That's exactly why you need to get high. <laughs> Oh, you drive a tough bargain. Yeah. It's 824 with Bax and Steve and Rock 102. Spectrum Mobile is reinventing wireless again. Get unlimited. Bax and Steve and Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Table and Vine. For the best deals in town and expert advice, only at Table and Vine. Riverdale Street, West Springfield, or tableandvine.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. You know, I get guff from people 
uh, so I, yeah, I just talked about that whole gift card deal that I got from the Delaney house, and uh, it was on Cyber Monday. Right. And you could match the thing. And then, uh, and then I get the, the guy who told me about that going, and who was that who told you about that? Like, like they need some sort of uh, validation yeah, or what's, uh, I don't know. They, they, you know who it was who? that told me about that? Gary Jones, the guy who opened up for Ted Nugent back oh, at the, yeah. uh, the Springfield Civic Center back yeah. uh, years ago. Uh, and his career has advanced so far from that one thing that now he's searching out great deals for all his DJ friends. <laughs> yes. So basically what he's done is, since yeah. that gig, yeah. he's now become... Your, yeah. <laughs> your corrector. Yeah, he's the he's your the, fact finder, the corrector, and the the gift card. Finder. There you go. Yeah, how about that? Well, I mean, listen. Uh, every time that uh, you know, we bring up something on the show, we don't have to source our materials. You know, we don't have to. We don't have to say who we heard it from. Right? No, no, we don't have to say well, who we you heard it from. That's the whole the whole point of doing this well, show. It's to make it look like we're smart and we don't we can find all these things on our own. Then Gary Jones should just be happy that you mentioned yeah. exactly what he just mentioned. He was also miffed uh, but last year when John said he was or it was actually this past year, but when John said he was going out to those Uno's uh under the stars nights, you know, with the music and all that stuff. Right. And, and uh, Gary and his daughter Natalie do a, a very nice job when they do the uh, the singing. They do like a duo right. thing. Well, he was mad that John didn't mention who they who they were. Oh my god! And I'm like, like anybody's gonna go, oh that Gary Jones, the guy who opened up for Ted Nugent at the Springfield Civic Center. You know, what we should be careful not to do. We should try very hard not to say Gary Jones's name like 15 times in the course of uh, two minutes. Uh, I think we can find it easy to not say his name for the rest of the time that I'm on this show. Yeah, there you go, Gary Jones. That? Think about that. You Next got, time you call up and try to bother Steve while he's trying to do a radio show, you just Gary got Jones. Your, yeah, you just got your two minutes and 15 seconds of fame. Enjoy yourself, sir. That'll keep him quiet. Uh, Till the next thing he's upset about. Some sad news. A teenager was struck and killed after a crash involving a school bus in the area of State and Dwight Streets Wednesday afternoon. According to the Springfield Police Department spokesman Ryan Walsh, a 16-year-old child died from injuries at Bay State Medical Center. At around 2.45 p.m. Wednesday, officers were called to a crash involving a school bus and pedestrian at State and Dwight Streets. State was closed from Chestnut to Main Streets and on Dwight Street from Bruce Land and away to Maple Street for several hours. While the traffic unit investigated, there have been three deadly crashes in the last two months on State Street. It's one of the main streets going east to west through the city, connecting downtown uh, with Mason Square. For those people who watch 22 News and never been driven through the city of Springfield, that's what it's going on. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so people who uh, live near the area of the latest pedestrian crash say speeding and distracted driving are problems. Now, this all comes, of course, after they made the announcement from the DPW the other day that they plan to... Uh, install a raised crosswalk near the library and narrow the road to one lane in each direction. Of course, this wasn't at the crosswalk that they're talking about. No. But it's one of the many things they're doing to try to improve pedestrian safety on State Street. Um, well, yeah. it's long overdue. It Tell me way too many issues over there. It's been going on for years. Uh, well, it's, uh, and especially, what do you say, since like the last you know, yeah. it's, you know, know, 60 days. You've had you know, at least three fatalities on, on State Street. A uh, Wilbraham man was arrested Wednesday night in Ludlow for resisting arrest and operating under the influence of drugs. 
According to Ludlow Police, Lieutenant Michael Brennan, officers were notified of a red Mercedes-Benz driving erratically in the area of Center Street around 11, 11 p.m. Ooh, make a wish. <laughs> I wish I don't get caught doing cocaine off my dashboard. <laughs> a witness... See, it just goes to show you it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. A uh, witness told police they saw the suspect's vehicle all over the road and also said to police he's going to kill someone with the way they were driving. Officers located the vehicle on Chapin Street and could see the driver was unable to stay inside the lanes of travel, nearly striking the right curb, and at one point, swerving left over the center yellow line uh, completely into the opposite lane of traffic. A traffic stop was conducted on the vehicle near Sportsman's Road. The driver was identified as 52-year-old Robert Matthews of Wilbraham. Officers saw Matthews moving suspiciously in the driver's seat near the center console. The officer says uh, he saw Matthews allegedly scatter a white powdery substance from the center console area. Why do with, I with a cop right behind you? Yeah, no, tough, tough break. Why do I want to sing like Janis Joplin's Mercedes Benz all of a sudden? Oh Lord, won't you buy me some cocaine in a Mercedes Benz? I want to do lines of blow off my dashboard in Wilbraham. <laughs> I told you I know this guy. I uh, I recognize him. I'm like, where do I know this guy from? And then it hit me. Uh, he was my kid's dentist. Oh, at one point. you sure you're not the one who sold him the blow? I I didn't sell. It. I don't do blow. You don't do it? No. Now if it was a marijuana edible, he would have had plenty of those. And he, and you know what? He wouldn't even have been out. He would have been at home, vegged out on the couch. Now if you had an 850 pound edible, yeah. you know, uh, in that car, would you have to tow it? Would you have to get like a... Like, You'd have to get a mini trailer. Would for, you have to? Because yeah. I'm not sure what kind of towing capacity you can get when the, on that particular model of Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, with the people already in the car and an 850-pound brownie, you might want to get uh, you might want to get a, a towing trailer to go along with the back of that. You might also want to have it covered, you know, in case of uh, snow or rain or sleet or whatever. No one yeah. likes a wet brownie. I just... Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking of Steve. I don't like my edibles wet. Steve Martin in Little Shop of Horrors when he was when he was a dentist. <laughs> I have the power to snort this cocaine. <laughs> I'll be a dentist. Your kids under six can't come past noon to my office. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. That's gonna that's gonna cause some problems with the scheduling today. That might the that might office. that might be a problem. Uh, might be some cancellations today. Might be a few cancellations. Police are investigating the fatal shooting <laughs> of a man. I'm sure that guy loves me now. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, police are investigating the fatal shooting of a man late Wednesday in a building at 164 Sergeant Street in Holyoke. Officers were dispatched to a report of gunfire around 10 p.m. When officers arrived and were shown inside, they found a man on the floor suffering from a gunshot wound. They performed first aid until an ambulance arrived. The man was pronounced dead at the hospital. The, the homicide is being investigated by the Holyoke Police Criminal Investigation Bureau and the State Police uh, Crime Prevention and Control Unit. Uh, the name of the deceased has not been released. There have been no arrests, and police did not disclose any possible motives. The homicide is the second of this year in Holyoke. There were six homicides in Holyoke in 2020. Well, we've cut it down by uh, nearly 80%. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's terrific. Uh, anyone with information is encouraged to contact the Holyoke Police Department's Criminal Investigation Bureau. Uh, information can be sent anonymously by text to tip and yada, 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 yada. Uh, there you go. Uh, we got... Uh, I'm just kind of giving up. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's uh, it's not a payday today, right? 
I don't think so. Nah, I think that's next week. You want to go see what's going on in our Franklin County Bureau? Bureau? Yes, please. Uh, which I don't even know if I have. Let's see if we got this. All right, ready? Uh, I'm ready. The state's highest court is considering a gun possession case involving a former area police chief. Former Pelham police chief Edward Fleury is challenging whether the state should be able to seize and destroy the 12 guns he was found guilty of storing improperly in 2017. Fleury was found guilty of 12 counts of improper storage and acquitted on 10 others. The guns were seized after wep- after a weapons incident in 2016 for which Fleury was also acquitted. This guy's got a history of uh, of problems. He's got uh, yeah, he's got a long-standing uh, background and this was the guy problems. that was running the machine gun shows at at the Westfield Sportsman's where that where that kid got killed. Unfortunately, yeah. the uh, the young man uh, succumbed to injuries, and then uh, then he was arrested outside of the or he was at a VFW, I believe, in Vel- Belchertown. Yes, where he showed a gun to somebody else because you know booze and guns go great together. Well, I mean, if you're going to show off a gun, I mean, VFW stands for Veterans of Foreign Wars, right? Yeah. Well, maybe there's somebody there who was in, you know, combat that might have an appreciation for weaponry. You know what? I got a dentist you could be hanging out with. No, I don't. Listen, don't. Don't don't cause problems. Uh, The number of COVID cases in Massachusetts has soared to pre-vaccine levels. That's according to the State Department of Public Health, which says that before the number of COVID cases have returned to levels not seen since mid-January, before vaccines became widely available. Health officials also estimate that around one-third of COVID patients currently hospitalized were uh, fully vaccinated before falling ill. You see the, uh, the stories yesterday where they're saying that this might mean we have to get a fourth shot? Well, how many shots are we going to have to deal with here? I mean, I mean, well, it's going to be like the flu, the flu shot. Yeah, but you're it's like you're going to get, get shot every 120 days or every uh, every six months or whatever. It's a lot of shots. Something tells everybody tell- shot, 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 shot. Something tells me. Now I know this is going to sound a little uh, a little conspiratorial, mm-hmm. but I gotta believe that maybe there's something in it for these pharmaceutical companies. I don't know. Going on on a limb here. Well, that's been going on since they did Operation Warp Speed back in 20, uh, 2020. Now, I'm saying this after just finishing uh, Dope Sick with Michael Keaton on Hulu, which was fantastic, but scary because, you know, as a based on a true story and, uh, you know, the pharmaceutical company that made uh, OxyContin had uh, pretty much uh, put profits before uh, reason and morality. And uh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. And maybe there's something in it. Maybe that's why we have to have all these extra shots. You could you could be on to something. I mean, I, I might also be talking out my ass, too, which is it. that's a precedent-breaking moment right there. No, nah, but you threw it out there that you wear the tinfoil hat anyway. Well, that's listen, a, what? I haven't, I haven't glommed on to a good conspiracy theory in a damn long time, and it's about time I do. I can, yeah. I'm, uh, what about that one where you can get vaccinated just by sleeping next to somebody? Well, that one I believe. Is that the one you're going to go with? I'm going to believe that one too. Yes. Uh, let's see. And because yeah. the Earth is flat, if uh, you uh, if you keep spreading the vaccine that way uh, in a flat way, eventually it will all fall off the edge of the Earth. <clears throat> 
Okay, Mr. Jones, we'll be moving on. Alex Jones, not the other guy. Right. Uh, there's a big Christmas candy controversy in the news right now. It appears that some of Cadbury's chocolate Santas might be old chocolate Easter bunnies in disguise. You sons of bitches. And, and you think the vaccine falling off the edge of the earth is crazy. Well, this is more plausible. A guy in Australia was in a store's candy aisle and noticed that Cadbury's big chocolate Santas were more rabbit-shaped than Santa-shaped, so he bought one, opened the wrapper, and it does to be uh, appear to be a chocolate bunny. Uh, people online think Cadbury is trying to pull a fast one and get rid of their Easter candy before it goes bad, but luckily it's not something you and I have to worry about. It doesn't look like Cadbury spells, sells that specific chocolate Santa in the U.S. It's only available in Australia. Oh, well, that well, uh, big whoop. The Australians have been known to be stupid, stupid people. So, Steve, you know a couple of Australians, and one of them throws axes for yeah, a living. Well, I'd be I mean, very, I'm very just, careful. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. They're not that stupid as I make them out to be. They're only a little bit stupid. There's other. There's there's more stupid people than the Australians. Yeah, it's like yeah. Let's pick on a group of people that really don't need to be picked on. The Australians. Yeah, the Australians. That's that's you a, and your fake Outback Steakhouse. Good pick. Yeah, and your uh, your. Your, Crocodile Dundee's. Your, your Bloomin' Onions. What was his name? Paul uh, uh, Paul Hogan. Paul Hogan. Yeah, right. One of the great actors of our time. Now that's a knife. No, this is a knife. <laughs> your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, partly cloudy with a high of 46. Tomorrow, cloudy with rain showers and a high of 60. It's 34 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Remember that? That's the sound of summer.